Thanks for joining us on Battle Walks as we walk across the great battlefields of Europe. If you're enjoying the show, why not become a member? Every week, you'll receive exclusive bonus episodes available only to subscribers, and you can listen to all our episodes completely ad-free. Click on the link in the show notes to join us via ACAST+. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A Living History Production. I'm Matt McLaughlin. And I'm Pete Smith. We're battlefield historians who love nothing better than getting out and walking the ground where great battles in history took place. And now we'd like you to come with us. Every week, Battle Walks will take you to one of the great battlefields of Europe. As we walk the ground, we'll dig through the pages of history, we'll uncover the secrets of the battlefields, and most importantly, we'll tell the stories of the people who fought and died there. Welcome to Battle Walks. Hello everybody, welcome to Battle Walks. I'm Pete Smith, no Matt today, as this is another of my out and about on the ground podcasts. Uh, today we're back on my home turf, uh, France and the Somme, and we're going to be uh, talking about uh, an action that took place on the 18th of November in 1916. Now the 18th of November is the last day of the Battle of the Somme, a battle that began on the 1st of July. Um, it's the fighting at a location known as uh, Frankfurt Trench, and uh, which is on the Redan Ridge. Uh, and it's fighting that will continue until the 25th of November, so beyond the end date of the Battle of the Somme, and that's what makes it uh, rather interesting. Um, it's an action that I've known about for many years, as my grandfather served in the 32nd Division. He was in the Royal Field Artillery. And he had many happy memories of friendships with uh, men of the Highland Light Infantry, and it's some of those men, again, that we're going to be uh, talking about. But the final catalyst that really, uh, I suppose, highlighted this action to me was a, a strange set of coincidences uh, a few months ago. And uh, I was looking at some old magazines that I'd, uh, that I'd found, and in two of them I found articles about this battle, this battle uh, at Frankfurt Trench. Uh, and so it started the thought in my mind. And then later on in the day I was opening up an old book and a newspaper article from the 1960s fell out and it was also about the same action. And I thought, right, that's it. This has got to be uh, something that we'll, uh, we'll cover in one of the podcasts. So uh, here we are. 
So where am I? Well, I'm in a location known as the Sunken Road just outside of Beaumont Hamill. Now, it's a, a location we've been to before in uh, in other podcasts, uh, very much part of the fighting on the 1st of July uh, during the Battle uh, of the Somme. Um, it's where Malins filmed a group of men of the 2nd uh, Lancashire Fusiliers uh, standing here waiting to go over the top. Very moving uh, sequence uh, of film. Uh, and he also filmed the destination of one of those uh, great mines on the 1st of July from here as well. So so it's a location that lots of people come to. Well, we're not here really uh, for that. We're here because it's uh, almost in the starting positions for the, the fighting that will take place later on. Uh, this was all taken, the sunken lane here and the whole area around here, the German trenches to our right, uh, taken on the 13th of November uh, during the, the second attempt to take the village of Beaumont Hamel, which is uh, directly in front of us. The sunken lane is to our left-hand side, uh, and behind us is um, a, a memorial to the Argyll and Sutherland Highlanders. All of these things I've talked about before, uh, but just, just to give you an idea of where we are. So we're going to be walking up the sunken lane, and normally when we're here we're looking down it because we'd like to get that imagery that Malins, uh, uh, Malins reproduce that imagery of Malins. This time we're just using it as a starting off point and we're going to be walking uh, up the sunken lane, and I'm going to leave my car here, this is the, the best place, place to leave my car. So uh, we've got the date, uh, we know the, the date is the 18th uh, of November, um, we're going to head up the lane and I'll talk more as, as we uh, start walking. So let's talk about conditions to start off uh, with. The landscape had been destroyed. It's a, it's a morass from the fighting both on the 1st of July, 13th of November and before and, uh, and ongoing. Uh, the weather has changed. Obviously, 1st of July, beautiful summer's day. We're now into uh, late autumn, early winter. It's, uh, it's not particularly pleasant. It's sleeting. It's, uh, uh, it's raining. It's drizzle. It's mud. And so very, very uh, unpleasant. And as we walk up the sunken road, on the right-hand side we have uh, bushes and trees. And the right-hand side is the side that's facing the German lines. And the left-hand side back towards our lines, and uh, that, that's clear of bushes and trees. Much as it was at the time, interest, uh, interestingly. Um, the Redan Ridge is a very open ridge. Uh, it's... Um, uh, it's unusual if you're used to coming to the Somme and you've not been on some of these open ridges. It's the trees around my village. We have trees, and, and that's kind of what we get used to expecting to see and these uh, the the chalk slopes, the downland. Well, it still is the chalk uh, downland, but it's uh, this is a very much an, uh, an open uh, landscape. So if we look uh, half right uh, across, then we're looking towards where, uh, towards where we're going, towards uh, uh, Frankfurt uh, Trench. Um, we can't quite see it because it's, it's, it's on the top. It's not a reverse slope position, but nearly. It's right on the top of that, one of the highest points uh, of the Redan Ridge. Um, so also to the right and slightly be, behind us as we get to the top of the uh, of the sunken lane. It's now lo- longer sunken. We're out in the open. Um, and we're going to turn right, and that's what we're doing now. We're just turning uh, right. And um, on our right-hand side, we can see Beaumont Hamel, so we get a nice view down into uh, Beaumont Hamel. And so we're now heading uh, slightly towards Beaumont Hamel, and we're going to get a cemetery. It's just coming up on our left-hand side, and that's Redan Ridge uh, Cemetery Number 2. It contains the graves of 250 men, and 100 of those men are unidentified. Um, we're not going to actually go into the cemetery, even though I'm very tempted to go and have a sit down and go and have a look. We're just going to carry on walking, uh, walking past it. Um, so I'm walking down the road. I'm just going to just stop for a minute because I need to turn my n- notes over here. Okay. 
Okay, so as we carry on walking uh, towards the uh, the village then, we'll cross over an area known as uh, Beaumont Trench, and that was actually captured on the 13th of, uh, of November. And then after that, we're really walking, starting to walk into towards no man's land. Uh, there may be some outpost positions here. So, here we are. This is a very muddy section, I have to say, here. Uh, a, lot, a lot of muddy. We've got a lot of vehicles out on the, on the fields at the moment. Um, I'm recording this in uh, late October, and so the uh, the conditions here are, are not uh, very similar to, I suppose, the, the timescale that we're going to be talking about. It's uh, it's muddy, um, the fields have uh, mainly been ploughed, some have got green fertiliser crops in, in other words, they're going to be ploughed in, others have still got the stubble of the wheat, and we have a little bit of sugar beet still in the ground. But the great thing about all of that, it means that we can actually walk across these fields, these fields that we're not going to be really damaging anything. So I've got me, I've got me wellies on today. Um, so we're now walking down uh, back towards uh, into the the village itself, and we've got a few of the the farms and, and houses, and then we're going to be turning left. And there are more trees here, more uh, trees, and uh, uh, and uh, uh, the road again is is starting becoming sunken as we drop into the the valley. Beaumont Hamel is in in the valley, but just before we get into the heart of the village, we, uh, we say we turn, we're going to be turning left again, and that's as we uh, reach a location known as uh, as Wagon Road. So that's just going to take me another another few minutes so I'm just going to have a pause pause for a minute so here we are just uh, walking up uh, wagon road now it's a very sunken road very uh, uh, very sunken with uh, we've got uh, um, uh, well beyond uh, my height on the right hand side a uh, bank and it's the same on the left hand side lots of trees here and it has been a shelter on the 13th the attacks on the on the 13th here with the 51st uh, Highland Division and the 2nd uh, Division which had, had fought here and in fact they tried to get beyond here so the German lines as we walk up Wagon Road the German lines are on our right hand side again this would have been no man's land uh, and um, <coughs> it's um, it had been a place of safety as the men had assaulted uh, from uh, the British front line on our left-hand side, crossed over Wagon Road, and in fact some assaulted from Wagon Road, uh, heading up towards Frankfurt Trench, uh, and uh, it was here that they came back to us they, was, they were forced back uh, because this was uh, an unsuccessful attack any further here on the 13th uh, of no- November uh, when the, the fighting took place uh, here. Um, the 32nd Division, <coughs> which is going to be brought here to take over from the 51st uh, Highland Division and the 2nd Division, uh, the 32nd Division um, uh, it has been rested. It's been out of the Somme sector, so it's had a, a little rest and it's going to move in. Uh, and uh, it's interesting, of the 12 infantry, uh, infantry battalions within the, uh, within the division, uh, seven of them were actually PALS battalions. And so we have the 15th Highland Light Infantry, which was the Glasgow City Tramways. The 16th Highland Light Infantry, and that's the one that's going to interest us, is uh, was formed from mainly men from the Boys uh, Brigade um, within the uh, within the town of Glasgow itself. Uh, the 17th Highland Light Infantry was from the Chamber of Commerce, mainly ex-pupils of the Glasgow Academy. And then we have the 16th Northumberland Fusiliers, Newcastle Commercials. And the 15th and 16th Lancashire Fusiliers were from Salford, 
and the 11th Border Regiment. Another one that will, is going to interest is interest us is the Lonsdale uh, Pals, which were raised by Lord Lonsdale. So all of these battalions were raised uh, locally uh, and are known as Pals Battalions. So what are the problems that they're going to uh, face as they move into these uh, these positions in preparation for their attack? Well, incorrect positions. So in other words, the the locations that the Highland that the fifty uh, first division, the the um, uh, Scottish division, um, the positions that they thought they were were not the correct positions, and the landscapes absolutely damaged beyond belief, destroyed landscape. Lack of reconnaissance because of the date that they're going to get here. And the fact that they're, they're also not going to be using their own artillery. Um, it's going to be the 51st Divisional Artillery which will be supporting them. Um, and one of the worst things that's going to happen is that their attack uh, orders won't reach some of them until uh, 4.30 in the morning of the attack. And the, the, the attack is going to be at 6.10. So I stopped while I was saying all that. I'm going to continue walking up Wagon Road. Um, so the British front line is on our left and Munich Trench on our right uh, and we're in no man's land uh, at the moment. Um, the assault is going to be launched at, at 6.10 in sleet and snow and the 16th Highland Light Infantry uh, had only just reached their jumping off trenches 10 minutes before attacking and they had no hot food uh, um, uh, for 15 hours so they were already in a state even before they, they attacked. Uh, the 97th uh, Brigade, which is part of the division, one of the brigades in the division, is going to use all four of its battalions to attack Munich uh, and Frankfurt trenches, which are both on our right-hand side. And what we're doing as we as we walk up this sunken lane um, on Wagon Road, we're just waiting till we get out of the sunken lane so we can turn right, because what we're going to do at the top here, we are actually going to follow their attack across the field. Uh, the great thing here, as I said, is because it's uh, it's now um, all walkable, there's no crops in any of these fields that you can damage, we can actually follow the uh, the attack itself. So at, at uh, 6.10, they attack, um, uh, all four uh, battalions attacking uh, together. Support barrage was four, so the artillery uh, supporting them wasn't particularly good. Um, and uh, they start having problems uh, straight away. If the barrage isn't good, they come under machine gun fire. Um, D Company was very lucky. D Company of the 16th Highland Light Infantry, their barrage was excellent. And so they were able to... So I'm just turning right now and we're, we're now following that, that attack. Uh, they were able to advance um, and uh, they uh, uh, crossed both Munich Trench. Uh, took Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Munich Trench in their sector and then got into Frankfurt Trench um, and held a portion of that. And that was their final objective. So they'd done exactly what they were supposed to do. But sadly, they were the only ones. So it's predominantly D Company that had got across and got into uh, into Munich Trench uh, and then Frankfurt Trench, the final objective. A party of the Lonsdales, uh, this is uh, uh, the battalion, the uh, 11th Border Regiment, known as the Lonsdales, they uh, had also uh, uh, suffered through the lack of barrage, but a number of them had also got through and they uh, also dropped uh, into Frankfurt Trench and um, and, and uh, helped uh, the Highland Light Infantry who, who were there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop again for a minute as we cr- as we cross this paddock so I have to keep watching where I'm where I'm going. So here I am still crossing uh, the uh, the field just getting uh, heading towards uh, the uh, the cemetery itself and that's where we're walking to Frankfurt Trench British Cemetery and this is where we want to be this is where we're going to stop and tell the the rest of the uh, the rest of the story. So the 2nd Battalion, King's Own Yorkshire Light Infantry, will be on our left, literally, as I'm walking across here. Now, they're, they're covering the left flank of the attack, and they had a terrible time. There was a, a strong point in Munich Trench, so they didn't uh, even take Munich Trench. So they're, uh, effectively, the left flank is open as they, as they carry on towards Frankfurt Trench. Um, uh, and they, they retreated back to Wagon Road, uh, did the 2nd uh, Battalion, King's Own Yorkshire Light Infantry. Um, there are also a few stragglers managed to imagine, managed to make it to Frankfurt Trench as well. So we're just getting to, just coming up now to Frankfurt Trench British Cemetery. The uh, it's, a, it's an unusual cemetery this one because it's uh, it's hedged in this area. They tend to have rubble walls around them, but this one hasn't got a rubble wall around it. It's it's got a hedge around it. Cross of sacrifices on the uh, the nearest side uh, to us, and that's where we're going to go through the the gateway near to the cross of sacrifice. Across the other side, I'm just going <coughs> to sit down here now. So, sitting uh, on the little seat beside the gardener's shed uh, in the uh, uh, in the cemetery itself. Um, 
I find it very moving to sit here while I'm telling these stories because I'm surrounded by the men who died fighting on this ridge, on the Redan Ridge. Um, and very specifically, it's it's the men who uh, who died trying to get to this point. Um, and uh, and those that, that tried to help them, the men that were trapped at this point. So it's a, it's a moving cemetery to be close to the men that we're, that we're going to be talking about. Um, there are 150 burials in here. Uh, 127 of them are named burials. Now, usually you'd expect us to find uh, find here the defenders of Frankfurt Trench, but they're not here. Uh, they would be buried by the Germans, or, or in fact taken prisoner, because this is going to be uh, an unsuccessful defence of this of this trench, as we'll, we'll as some of you will have realised already. Uh, and their graves uh, couldn't be located; those that died here after the war. So most of them are either missing, or they became, uh, or they were buried by the Germans, and are not in this in this tr- uh, cemetery. Here. The other thing to point out is if you've ever been here, uh, and, and I would say that you, sh- you ought to come, I think everybody should come here, it's a, it's a very different part of the Battle of the Somme, um, the, uh, you'll need to bring your, almost whatever time, part of the time of the year it is, it can get very, very cold up here, it's quite desolate, and during the winter, uh, the wind really whips across here, and it's actually whipping across here tonight, my hands are freezing, um, so it, it's a very open uh, landscape. So... The guys that uh, are, tra- are trapped here, and so how many men do end up being trapped here? Well, for the 16th Highland Light Infantry, it's three officers and 60 other ranks, uh, and 10 of those are wounded. Uh, for the 11th Borderers, the Lonsdale Battalion, it's three officers and 60 other ranks, 23 of those are wounded. And then just one officer of the 2nd King's Own Yorkshire Light Infantry, and three uh, uh, men managed to make it here as well, and they were all, all wounded as well. So that means the total is 130 men that are, are trapped here. And there's been some studious work in recent years by a chap called Chris Bates, who's a friend of mine, and he's analysed the Red Cross uh, German POW records, and he's br- uh, brought the final total to 145, a uh, very accurate uh, research work. And so we can now uh, increase that from 130 to 145 men who were uh, fighting uh, in this uh, trench. So for some time, neither side was aware that this uh, this group of men were trapped and holding the trench. Uh, there were two dugouts here that they'd taken, and so they uh, they occupied those. They had four Lewis guns and limited ammunition. And very cleverly, what they decided to do was hand over all of their three or three uh, ammunition uh, to the Lewis guns, and then to pick up German rifles and ammunition and use those as their in- individual weapons. And that meant that the Lewis guns had uh, more uh, more ammunition. They also realise that they may be here for a while, so they start looking at where they can get water from, because most of the men have already drunk their water, and so they're looking at shell holes, and they start uh, organising uh, the boiling of uh, of water, and also looking at how much food they've got, and they realise that they've not got a lot, and so they're also uh, taking anything that they can find from the, the dead uh, in the area. Now, if you're wondering how we knew how many men were here, it's because two men were able to sneak back. A Sergeant Major Johnston and Private Dixon of the 11th Borderers, uh, they managed to, to actually get back and uh, and give those figures of how many men were trapped here. So when uh, when we become aware uh, that they're trapped, we know, we know how many men. Contact was also made with a, an airplane flying over of the 15th Squadron, uh, Royal Flying Corps, uh, and they uh, were able to be signalled uh, from the plane to say that help was on its way. So, 
on the uh, the sixth day, so they're going to be here. They're going to hold this trench for eight days uh, under consistent attack. And one of the heaviest attacks took place on the sixth day when the Germans launched a powerful attack uh, on all fronts, on the fronts, should, should I say, and the flanks. Uh, and um, it was re- uh, repelled, but at uh, at cost. But they took eight prisoners uh, from the Germans, so it shows uh, that it was very much hand-to-hand fighting. Eight Germans uh, taken. Uh, take him uh, prisoner. Um, on the uh, also on the on the sixth day, uh, a relief was uh, was attempted uh, by the ninety sixth brigade, and they brought up uh, the sixteenth Lancashire Fusiliers uh, and the second Inner Skilling Fusiliers, um, and uh, they're going to attempt to uh, to. Uh, relieve them on the sixth day so that previous account was the fourth day so this is the the sixth day um and uh it's it's going to be three companies of the 16th lancashire fusiliers and two uh, and one company of the uh, second inner skilling fusiliers uh, but they couldn't penetrate beyond Munich, Munich Trench. They tried very hard, but they didn't get any further than that. And in fact, uh, by 1620, they had uh, they had fallen back. And they started at 15.30, so uh, mid-afternoon during the, the attack. Uh, their casualties amounted to 224 men uh, and seven officers, which was over 60% of the attacking force became casualties. And so you can see how difficult it's, it's starting to become when you're, lo- you're losing uh, that kind of uh, numbers of men in an attempt to, to free the ones that are trapped in the German lines. By the time of the uh, the seventh day, things were getting uh, really tough for them. They uh, they had very no food, and none of them had eaten for some considerable time. Uh, the the garrison is uh, has reduced considerably. Uh, nearly, nearly most of them are, are, are wounded. In fact, by the end of the fighting, only fifteen will remain uh, unwounded. Um, and so, on the seventh day, the Germans uh, sent. Uh, under a, a flag of truce, a white flag, uh, sent a message uh, whether they were uh, they would surrender. Uh, they did, they ignored it. They just totally ignored it and and carried on. But by the following day, on the twenty fifth of November, uh, uh, the Germans uh, attacked again and they completely overwhelmed the position. Uh, and the remaining survivors were uh, taken prisoner. And as I said, only 15 uh, remained unwounded, uh, and they could hardly stand through lack of uh, water and uh, and food. And so uh, on the 25th, um, the Somme offensive ends, which is extraordinary considering that we always uh, quote that the 18th uh, of November is the final day of the Battle of the Somme, but here we have a group of men holding out uh, to the 25th of November, so this was uh, truly uh, the end of the of the, the Somme offensive. Now, why do we not know about it? Well, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? We don't know about it, I suppose, is because it, they did surrender and it and it wasn't uh, it wasn't a success. So it didn't really become really well known until after the war, when the awards started to be uh, to be given out, because it was decided that this uh, this almost forlorn hope, this 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 siege, this holding this section of the line, uh, really needed that some of the men that had been here, who had been then prisoners of war uh, until the end of the war, needed to uh, to, to be awarded. And it was predominantly the 16th Highland Light Infantry that uh, took the awards because they they um, they they 
they put their names forward actually for for the awards and so i'll just l- list the awards that were were, were offered because uh, or that were received because it's it's extraordinary and very sad in some ways there were two posthumous uh, uh mids mentioned in dispatches now they were had been put forward for the victoria cross and one of the sad aspects of the victoria uh, victoria cross is that you can be uh, awarded it posthumously in other words you can die in the in the act uh, and still be awarded the victoria cross but all of the other medals you have to survive the action and these chaps both didn't survive the action so the other only other reward they can give them is a, an mid a mention in dispatches uh, and that was uh, that was their award because that's the only one that can be given to, uh, to them as a posthumous award so very sad that uh, that those two Victoria Crosses were, were not awarded because it would have also lifted um, this this action and it would be a lot uh, a lot more well known. Um, one DSC Distinguished Service Cross was awarded, two military crosses, eleven uh, DCMs Distinguished uh, Conduct Medals, and twenty two military medals were awarded for the for the action and the fighting here. Um, eventually, it would be described by Goff, uh, commander of the Fifth Army. And it's the Fifth Army that was fighting here as an ex- uh, a, a magnificent example of soldierly uh, qualities uh, for the the men that fought here. Uh, it, it is a, an amazing action and one that should be uh, better known. Um, so I hope you've uh, enjoyed uh, just a, a quick overview of the uh, of the fighting uh, that took place uh, that took place here. Um, I'm just going to quote some some books if you want to read further on it, where I got some of my information from, because it is worthwhile uh, tracking down. Uh, Redan Ridge, uh, The Last Stand by Peter Weston. I can highly recommend that. Um, these are articles from magazines. So the Frankfurt Trench Last Stand, uh, November uh, from the 18th to the 25th, 1916. And that's by Chris Bates, and that was in Medal News. Um, Some footnote, The Struggle for Frankfurt Trench by Peter Simpkins, and that was in the Imperial War Museum Review number 9. That's some years ago now. And then uh, a book that actually my grandfather had. It was in his collection, The History of the 16th Highland Light Infantry by Thomas Chalmers, and that was published in the 1920s. And just say my copies, because the signature's in the front of a lot of the the men that uh, fought in the battalion, so nice to have. So yes, if you want to read more, go and see if you can track down any of those. So until next time, um, I hope you've enjoyed it, and uh, I'll talk to you again soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you would like to support the show, there's a couple of ways you can do it. Firstly, you can become a member. For a small monthly fee, you can subscribe to the show and listen to every episode ad-free and also receive exclusive episodes directly from Pete and I. So see the link in the show notes to sign up at ACAST Plus and become a member of the show. Also, if you want to make a one-off contribution, you can now buy us a coffee. Visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash battlewalks and you can make a small contribution there. See you next week.